In just a moment, we have a hit different bonus episode. Welcome back. Here we are. Bonus episode, Rich Moffat. Let's do a tight 20 about your, I'm reading your, your internet page right now about me and uh, looking through and, you know, you did amazing things like 15 years of doing anything is incredible. We had the Triple R show incoming for 15 years, started booking bands in pubs, age 17, not even legal age, young man. Take us way back though to when you were first discovering music, where you were, how it made you feel, what the artists were, etc. My earliest music memories are 1979. I lived in Bundaberg, Queensland back then. And I remember going to the Brashes music store um, and getting a, a, a paper copy of the Top 40 chart because the week before I'd heard um, Casey Kasem do the American Top 40. Welcome to Casey's Top 40. I'm Casey Kasem and I'm all set to count down the 40 most popular songs in the USA. I got the like paper version of the Top 40 chart from the local, you know, store in, in the mall. The mall in Bundaberg is called Sugarland. I don't know if it's still there. It's but... not. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, Sugarland. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I went home with a, um, a blank tape and I taped the whole of the American Top 40 off the radio station. Um, and then I just listened to that tape obsessively. So like, I can pretty much tell you every single song that was in the top, top 10 of December, 1979, <laughs> probably, probably not, not any month since, but definitely that one. There were many, many what, great What was songs. in there? Oh, I, I don't like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats. Um, com- computer games, my sex. Oh, amazing! Damn. Driver's seat by Sniffing the Tears. Don't know it. Don't know driver's seat. I'm sure I do. I'll be the kid at GTM going. <laughs> I know driver's seat. That is just a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I do. Many good songs from that that year. There was there there was this kind of like jokey Australian band called the Monitors who had a song. What will we be singing in the eighties? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I've heard about that track. Yeah, and, uh, and there was also, number one was um, Video Killed the Radio Star. So, you of know, course. It, was, it was just about to be the, you know, MTV future. Not quite there, but just about. Yeah. They just got in at a good time. And then remember Presence, Presence of the United States did a, a very, very good version of that as well. Mm. Computer Games, My Sex, to hear a, a New Zealand band in the American Top 40 in the Top 10, that's, you know, that would have sort of, were you, were you aware that, that My Sex were Kiwi? Uh, at the time, no, no idea. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, those kind of things you sort of find out in retrospect, showing how yeah, even back then, you know, music, good music, can break through and sort of travel now. And now everything's so disparate, and it's just like so much music coming at you from all angles. You've really got to sort of self curate it as well. What was the next moment, Rich? Could be seeing a local band in Bundaberg and. Sugarland. <laughs> I did not see any bands when I lived in Bundaberg. I moved to um, my family moved to Melbourne when I was a teenager. But um, but there is one very famous band from Bundaberg called DZ Death Race. So they are. Are they from Bundaberg? They are. I didn't know they, they were from representing, Bundy. representing. You know, it's good. Good Damn. on. They've had a great career. Like they've just always just just stayed relevant and stayed like you know done the mm, right thing by their mm, fans and mm, everything. Mm. 
that's cool. And when you hit Melbourne, what's what did you listen to? And, and yeah, and what was the next sort of music that got you? I used to go out to like eastern suburbs town halls, which sounds weird these days because no bands would ever do that now. But back then they did. I saw um, Painters and Dockers and um, awesome. Who else did I see back then? Um, yeah, and, and I, I would go to um, Festival Hall quite a lot. I saw Midnight Oil and In Excess and um, oh, I saw... Dream. I saw The Cramps in 1986, which I oh, love. They are so fucking good. The older I get, the more I, I just appreciate The Cramps. Tex Perkins did a whole show about them. They like Even thinking of them selling out Festival Hall, or, or it seemed sold out, I, I, maybe it wasn't, but... Like the idea that a band like the Cramps had, you know, five thousand fans in Melbourne back in the mid eighties seems seems odd. But <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? yeah, it's so cool. That's my memory of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone older than me could confirm or not. But... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the In Excess and Midnight Oil shows if you can. Those shows were incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean that would have been In Excess, probably Listen Like Thieves, or may- maybe just after the swing. <laughs> And yeah, Midnight Oil was uh, Red Sails in the Sunset. I wasn't cool enough to be around when 10 to 1 came out. Um, but yeah, such a great <laughs> album. But yeah, yeah, I jumped on somewhere around then. And then I think after that, I sort of went a little bit more kind of indie. You know how the whole world sort of went, went you know, non-commercial and indie in the late 80s? I was kind of, I had like a golf phase. Alternative was more a '90s concept. in In the late '80s, it was <laughs> right. it was just like, yeah, you were kind of indie and you're a little bit goth, and you know. What groups were you into? I like I liked kind of industrial music. I really liked Einstein cool. and Neubauten. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and nice. I liked Test Department and Soviet France. I don't know if anyone remembers those bands, but yeah, like Great back references. back then, being a goth was seemed a bit cooler than it does now. I guess <laughs> it was it was probably never cool at all. No, it was. It was. There was a danger about goths as yeah. well. There's a real kind of like, fool. What is going on with them? They have committed to the bit. Yeah. But yeah, I was. You... I I was such a such a wanker as a goth that I thought bands like <laughs> The Cure and Joy Division were too commercial. <laughs> of course, that's true goth spirit from the eighties. <laughs> the Cure aren't goth. I can imagine you. Yeah, being quite dismissive of someone at a party. Oh, yeah, like, no, oh, I definitely... I really like Robert Smith. <laughs> I definitely um, <laughs> left the house with black lipstick and eyeliner on occasionally, and I, I'm pretty sure I wore a cape and some um, frilly white shirts like I was an extra in a vampire movie. Yeah. Courtney, our producer, you need to put that as the pull quote for, for this episode. Please, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my God, I can see you in a, in a cape. Just because you're so bloody tall as well, there's something... Very grand and sort of magician-like about it, but more in a in a, in a goth sense. Um, do you ever get to see? Oh, I never know how to say the name. Ein, Einst, do go on. Einstein and Neubauten. They played two, yeah. two nights at the Old Greek Theatre, which was like a venue at the top of Bridge Road. It's sadly no longer there, but it was a big part of my childhood because they had like an under 18s nightclub on a Saturday afternoon. So I actually went there when I was you know 14 or 15, and then. When that band toured, it would have been late 80s, I guess. I went to see them play and famously Blixer Bargeld came off the plane in Melbourne and then just got driven to an industrial tip, picked up some, you know, <laughs> metal rods, shopping trolleys, various um, refuse of building sites and then dumped it all on the stage at the Old Greek Theatre and then mic'd everything up and, you know, and just basically bashed bits of metal the whole set and 
which you know, as as you can imagine made a big impact on me as a as a young teenage boy and um yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that album, the album they had at that time called Highball Mensch, Half Mensch. That's such a like big record for me when I was a kid. And Gareth from um, Gareth from the Drones has that um, has that that uh, logo from that record on it on his arm. So I, obviously, I'm not the, the only one. <laughs> Excellent. Oh that. wow, I can just imagine. Just, tell us about. I mean. That would have even given off a smell, you know, like an industrial, that kind of chalky, concretey smell in, in you know, which, which would, yeah, which would have added to that, that feeling and, and that, the experience. I, I remember that show more from the sound being in my belly than in my ears. You know, you know, when something is just yeah. so loud that it transcends your actual hearing, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I just remember my whole stomach rumbling. They, they had this really interesting kind of, kind of bassy metal rod that they were hitting and it would just kind of reverberate right through your intestines in a in a in a very pleasurable way <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember seeing nine inch nails at alternative nation and i knew, I knew a little bit about them and i just come out of seeing tea party and we walked out it's like one of my that first big festivals and yeah from tea party <laughs> Look, yeah, you know we all listen to some interesting music growing up <clears throat> and i was obsessed with tea party so like in the 10 times god bless uh and i came out and into the entertainment where was it? the entertainment center basically you know i was outside and just walking across the field and hearing the mm, ksh, mm, ksh, of closer and my ribs Hot. it was just my ribs were like i was actually a little worried you know a little catholic boy from berwick <laughs> catholic school boy uh, now lapsed yeah i was like this is actually funk is this and then of course you just you know give into the the feeling of just actually your whole skeleton jolting to uh to trent Reznor. it was yeah it was Oof. pretty special is pretty that your special. sexual awakening uh, no, I've never had sex, so here we are. <laughs> uh, both my girls are adopted. Uh, take us up to sort of uh, closer to, uh, to, to not quite the present day, but we'll do another five minutes, Richard. Where are you at after all this? Like, you know, I've been just sort of um, just, just yeah, things that, that, have, that have meant a lot to you and say in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think um, when I had kids, I suddenly started to understand bands like the Beach Boys and like happy music. So mm. I, sort of, I sort of went from... Um, you know, obviously listening to more alternative goth type stuff when I was a teenager. And I guess in my 20s, I just listened to whatever was around and lots of old music, lots of 60s and 70s music. And then, yeah, I sort of discovered um, kind of happy music. And um, yeah, I always loved being a dad. So, and I feel like I'm still in that phase. Like, you know, my daughter's 26 now, about to turn 26. And, uh, and um, yeah, it's... Uh, and she DJs as well. Uh, just that, one of DJs. That's, that's, my, that's younger my younger one. daughter. Yeah, I have two, and yeah, one one is um, yeah more musically orientated than the other, but they're both fans of different things. But um, yeah, I, I I really fell in love with that kind of um, just just people trying to express joy and connection through music rather than alienation. So yeah, so. <laughs> When I talk about what I listen to as a teenager now, I you know I, I don't have that same emotional connection with it probably because I'm not an angry, confused person anymore as much as I was. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like now, I mean, my favorite thing now is just making playlists on Spotify, and I mean, I every day I am just astounded that I can have all the music of the world in my pocket and access to it. You know, I mean, I I pay for Spotify, but it. It doesn't feel like you're paying for music because you can consume it all day, every day. And 
you know, because yeah. I grew up in the era where quite often I was reading about music before I ever heard it, you know, and I'd be, I'd be reading about the Velvet Underground for two or three years and then all of a sudden I'd finally, like, see a record in a record store and be like, oh, my God, you know. Like, mm. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, kids these days will never have that experience anymore. And, uh, I mean, that's... I lament it. That's a, yeah, that's that's a, really that, no, I, I think it, it's a great thing they don't have that experience because... They're, you know, most young people, when I talk to them about music, it, it's divorced from time and place. It, it's just music and they love the sonic merits of it and they don't have that sense of cool or uncool. They're, you know, so what I find mostly when I ch- chat to younger people about music and how they consume it, it's so inclusive and it's so diverse and it's so interesting and there's no rules, you know, and I, I think I spent most of my young adulthood trying to work out the rules of what is cool. Um, and <laughs> now I spend all my time trying to un- unwind those rules, just get, get rid of my sense of conditioning or habit energy or whatever and just be open to everything, you know. So, mm. so, so yeah, I mean, if, if anyone wants to delve into my day-to-day music life, I have um, on my Spotify profile, which is under my DJ name, Rich Spanning Time, there are literally like 300 playlists of the entire history of music, pretty much everything that I'm interested in. I've spent um, many, many dozens of hours researching and making all these exhaustive playlists. That's the way I, t- I prefer to consume music now. I, I do that mm-hmm. more than I don't even really listen to albums anymore. I just... I still have favorite albums, but I'm just not very interested in, in that as a way to listen to music. I, I, I love the feeling of putting playlists together where you match artists and sounds and find new ways to journey through the, the ocean of music that is available to us all. You know, this is, this is by far the greatest time in the history of music where you can just access everything and you can go as deep as you like like you never get to the end of 60s soul or 70s funk or 80s hip-hop you always can hear more as more and more things get added to streaming and it's so the you know all of the playlists that i make they're, they're bottomless they they keep evolving over time you know mm. well you one i'm just looking at here your top playlist music history 1954 to 2022 starts off with hound dog big mum and thornton move I'm, that's all right by elvis presley this is going to be fun i've got a, a long car ride to go to a DJ wedding in Port C today, so I'm going to put on put this on it. Have a look how long that playlist is. <laughs> it don't it don't stop. It, wow, it doesn't so. stop. It's literally hundreds of hours because it's it's that's the entire history of music, and it's this is kind kind of a weird thing to say, but it's it's um, gender diverse, so it alternates male and female voices for the entire playlist every single year of music history from 1954 till now. So. I got really frustrated by all the kind of male-centric history of music, so I just decided to do my own. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's what that is, and it, it's um, yeah, it was. It took me like six six months, pretty much every all day, every day, making that playlist. <laughs> so if if you want to delve into it, you'll 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 have a laugh for sure. Excellent. Uh, and up to present day, we always ask this question. I ask it of Sos, and I give my answer to the last thing that really grabbed you so i heard wandering star by porter's head yesterday and i realized i can i know as always we talk about djing i realized i can put that into my sets now and like that's gonna fucking work if i've got, if I've got them i'm gonna be able to play that and it because it slams in a real kind of mid-tempo way that's my current uh thing that i'm excited about and i've saw porter's head play at festival hall and oh my god so so good what about you sos very special band yeah i love that band. <sighs> so are, are you meaning in a dj sense or just in the music listen sense 
basically look at your your Spotify like songs <laughs> or whatever, whatever the last few songs that you want to talk about. Okay, uh, well, I, I mean, I I have to mention the trashiest song that I've heard all week, which I just immediately fell in love with, which is this. Um, I don't even know anything about them, but the artist is called El, El Tigo. Um, and the song is a mashup of Britney Spears' Toxic and Genuine's Pony. Are you aware of this? Oh, I heard that on the radio when I was, um, I was coming back from Sydney and I heard it in an Uber on the way to the airport and I was just like, what is going on? How do we, how do we find it? In the best possible way. Like, I have to say, when someone does something like that, like, and most of those mashups don't get an official release, so I don't know how no. this Toxic Pony, Old Tigo, I can see it here. It, oh, yeah, man. I would expect it's, gonna, it's be gonna be one of the big songs of this year because it seems like it's everywhere at the moment, and it's obviously very TikTok friendly and all the things you have to be to have yeah. it right now. But um, I, I just, I just love it. Like, and I, I put it on the first time, like I laughed, and then I just kept putting it on, and it just, it just <laughs> makes me smile and it makes me really happy. So, <laughs> that's great. so you know, that's Good that's that's too. all you can ask from a song, really. Yeah. Yeah, man. What about you, Sos? What's the um, I have kept on going back to a song called Intimidated by Kate Trinata mm-hmm. featuring her. Mm-hmm. Um, her is easily one of the best uh, R&B voices, regardless of male, female, you know, gender non-binary. She's just incredible. And she's such an incredible musician, multi-instrumentalist too. Um, but with Kate Trinata, I mean... I feel like he can be a bit hit and miss. Like, mm-hmm. I love his music for the most part, but I haven't really been, like, pulled in any much direction it's recently. Like he's, had, he's had a moment and then that moment's passed, but we, we all love that sound because it's so full on. And yeah. It's just so, like, sort of speaker rattling. I want but, I want, um, I want more of the, yeah, the good yeah. Patreon stuff. But this is, this is kind of like a big return to form. It's as fresh, me. is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been out, like, a couple of months, but I've, I yeah, I, yeah, it just really caught me. And it's, yeah. It's very cool. Good tip. Hey, mm. Rich, good luck with GTM and yoga teaching and DJing and everything. You know, you're spinning a hell of a lot of plates, my friend. So absolutely all of us at Hit Different HQ wish you well and yes. certainly really, really enjoyed your insights as well into the industry and very frank takes, which I like. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You. Excelente. And one of our quickest episodes too, we've done this like, like – Enough of Mikey's ramble. We've got to get to the point. <laughs> get the juice, baby. Thanks so much, everybody, Thanks, for listening. Rich. Thanks, Rich. Bye, Bye everybody. Laters. Bye.